0: Hello, I'm Alma Schneider. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and the proud mother of four children, one of whom has Prader-Willi syndrome. And I am Iris Miller. I'm a certified rehabilitation counselor
1: and the proud mother of two children, one of whom has quadriplegic cerebral palsy and is nonverbal.
0: In this podcast, we discuss the uncensored truth about raising children with disabilities. Prepare to laugh, cry, and hopefully learn something
1: new. This
0: is Two Moms, No Fluff.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Two Moms, No Fluff, the podcast in which we discuss the uncensored truth about raising kids with disabilities. My name is Iris Smeller, and I'm here with my lovely
0: partner, Alma Schneider. Hello. Welcome, everybody. I have a confession to make because Iris just had a confession. We just finished our episode with Andrea Roberts from A Rest.org, and as soon as we finished recording, Iris confessed her stress about getting respite, going away, when her daughter was younger, and we're going to have this impromptu episode because we think it's really important to talk about all the feelings about leaving our children. We've had episodes on travel. We've had episodes on taking vacations without our kids, but we're going to delve a little bit deeper right now into what goes on in our minds when we feel that we want to just get a little time away and if we are willing to do that or not. So, Iris, thank you for disclosing what you just did to me. Do you want to repeat to our lovely audience what of you said of course
1: because everything i share with you Alma, my privacy i share with the rest of the world as
0: well right. that's <laughs> and what makes such a an open honest authentic person
1: uh-huh. <laughs> yes <laughs> and, and and the podcast being really about all the truth about raising our kids so yes. yes and i i want to say like alma you introduced the topic of like going away from our kids and my fears about that when my kids were younger I'm just like younger. I still have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yes, My daughter, you went away?
1: but I did uh, when I, I did go away a few times. <laughs> that's that's also a story by itself. But um, yes, I think that uh, when we were just recording the episode about a mother's rest, a an amazing organization, which I hope everybody here would uh, take advantage of and uh, enjoy their uh, retreats. I was uh, telling Alma that for me, when uh, my daughter Karen was younger and uh, my son was younger as well, I felt that it is not only unnecessary for me to go away, but if I was away from my daughter, I felt an ache <laughs> to be to be back, to be with her. And uh, I think that the possibility of going on a weekend or a retreat or going uh, places without her only increased my misery and anxiety rather than staying uh, home with her. And I'll go into more details about that. Alma was like, you're crazy. So- <laughs> <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> I did
0: not say you were crazy. I was, I was just, baffled because I couldn't relate and I wanted to hear more about that and as always if if we're feeling something I'm sure that other people are feeling it too so when you brought up that you couldn't even imagine the thought of going away when Karen was four years old that it would have been much worse for you um for your anxiety or your stress that really struck me and I'm sure that a lot of other people feel that way um the truth is I didn't go away either. I never went away by myself. Uh, the longest I went away, uh, the first time I went away, was about when when Lincoln was maybe ten or eleven, um, and I went I went to Spain and for a week, and it was a huge deal for me, a huge deal. Um, and I think that a lot of it had to do with this idea that. Well, one, that I didn't have anybody to care for him. We don't have grandparents. You know, sadly, all of our, my husband and my parents passed away. So we don't have anybody to watch the kids. Um, There are, uh, it it didn't work out that my siblings could do that or would do that or friends. That's a lot to ask. And I had, I, it never occurred to me to ask anybody to do that because to me, it was such a... It's its so all-consuming and involved to care for him back then, especially, uh, that I couldn't even imagine asking someone to step in to do that. Not, But I didn't have the feelings of an ache, of an ache and a longing to be with him at all. I was very happy to be away in Spain. Um, it was more the fear that nobody... Could do it and nobody would do it. And that even just articulating that right now makes me uh, feel the need to tell parents of young kids exactly what Andrea Roberts of A Mother's Rest was just saying, for new parents it is vitally important to make getaways and retreats and respite a, a normal healthy part of your regimen uh, for self-care starting from very early on, um, to make sure that you have supports as much as you can to have supports in place, to be able to care for your children. So I'd like to hear a little bit more about your, what's going on, because I feel like mine are more practical reasons why I couldn't go away. Like my husband was at work, he nobody was home to pick Lincoln up. I mean, I could have done it, but I didn't because it was too overwhelming for me to even think about but maybe there was some psychological stuff in there that it was just going to be too hard and I didn't want to deal with it. So
1: yeah. I think you know. that um, I, I used the term with you earlier and I can repeat that, that people used to tell me in the early years, that uh, listen, this is a marathon run. You're uh, dealing with this as if it was like a sprint. You have to channel your energy so it lasts for many years. The caregiving never stops, etc. But for me, it was just the doing, the being. The time that I spent with uh, with my kids was almost um, therapeutic. It was channeling the anxiety and the fears of the unknown with uh, Karen and the complexity of her disability to things that uh, I can do right here and right now. And my goals were fairly simple. You know, I just wanted Karen to be happy, as happy as she can be on any given day. But by being there with her, I could assure myself that this is her reality. And when she was well, I was well. And uh, this is a, I know that there's a lot, a lot of trauma in like uh, intertwined into this relationship. But for me, the happiest time of the day was, uh, and, and we were using the family bed. So uh, to go to bed at night and have both my kids next to me, kind of holding, hugging my children next mm-hmm. to me and knowing that we're safe and all is good. And we survived yet another day and that, that was my kind of happy place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know how, how other parents are dealing with this, but, uh, I think that, uh, it's okay also to be stressed out about leaving your child behind. And sometimes if this is a stressful experience, maybe that's not the type of rest that you need, that mm-hmm. people also need to listen to their own heart. And, uh, I think for many, many years, like my husband and I couldn't go on a date in the evening. And uh, for the majority, the the truth is we still rarely ever do. But we found other ways to have quality time together as a couple without having that stress of leaving the children in the hours that used to be at least the most complicated and difficult, uh, at least with Karen. So it's just being flexible in terms of how you define quality time, romantic mm-hmm. outings, etc. cetera. So you can kind of incorporate it into your okay. new crazy life, I
0: guess. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 a really good point that it doesn't have to be the prescribed what everybody thinks respite is, which is going away. You know, I went away that first time for a week and it was pretty, it was amazing for me up until that point um i didn't have babysitters and people would say just get a caregiver i didn't trust anybody to be able to know how to deal with lincoln or to i was more worried and we've talked about this in previous episodes i was more worried about the people caring for him that he would act out in a way that would freak them out i wasn't so it's you know it's just interesting to hear because i I was more worried about them than I was about Lincoln. I knew he would be fine. I was worried about the people taking care of him. The the people who I felt close enough to ask to, to, to be with him, I didn't feel comfortable enough with them getting, you know, having to deal with his escalating behavior. And that's a problem in itself because that limited me. You know, that really limited my comfort level in going out in getting a you know a nine to five job which is something I would have really liked it limited me and going back I wish that I had learned about programs there are many programs out there you know they're called respite programs or finding people through um, perform care the department for developmental disabilities there are programs that have qualified people to do that I was too scared to to, I didn't know if they'd be qualified enough. And I found out much later on that they would have been qualified enough and that there are some great people out there who would have been able to handle him, but I didn't talk to people. And that's, you know, talking about finding your community and sharing information for me. And I know it's different from what you're describing. Like you had a whole other set of needs and um, you found ways that you felt comfortable. I, I was drowning. And I, I was barely keeping my head above water. And I wish that I had found these kind of you know, uh, uh, opportunities for respite and for just getting away because it was a lot for me. And so for some people, uh, exactly what you're saying, there might be other out of the box ways to feel safe and to feel comfortable with your child, with you not going away. For me, I needed to get the hell out of Dodge and I didn't. And, um, you know, all the more reason for people to talk to other people to learn about programs, to find people who are qualified to be with your child so that you can feel like my child is happy, you know, with this person, my child is enjoying themselves or, and even having like a having face we now have the ability to connect with our kids during, you know, with FaceTime, with Skype or Zoom, whatever it is. So there are so many opportunities, but I just, I, you know, I, I I forced Iris to jump into this unexpected, impromptu um, episode because it was something that we haven't really, you know, delved into about, um, about respite.
1: And Alma, I, you know, as we're talking, I want to kind of rephrase something I said earlier so mm-hmm. I, I was talking about that quiet time you know reading a book with my kids or listening to an audiobook we all snuggled in bed ready mm-hmm. to finish another day but yeah, yeah. I want to explain that then night shift would begin and uh, night shift for us is as my daughter like would wake up so many times still wakes up so many times during the night with the muscle spasms with pain with the just their normal need to rotate and change positions during the night and we had to constantly care for her needs during the night and um, i for many 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 years i don't know how i managed to kind of wake up and be compassionate and kind and good and the best kind of mother that I wanted to be at night as well. But then I don't know if it's aging or time or just just depletion. I, uh, one night, I remember it specifically and Karen does too. She st- kept on waking up and every time I would fall asleep after I rearranged her and helped her, she would wake me up again and again and again. It's, that was our normal, right? But then I somehow lost it. And I started crying in front of her. And I was like bowling and I was like, what do you want from me? I can't do this anymore. I can't like, just let me sleep. And this was totally kind of irrational and very not a good mother-like or a typical mother-like. I was just out of it. I was just so sleep deprived. I couldn't even think clearly anymore. Mm -hmm. And, um, when, when that episode happened a couple of times and maybe even three times, I was just like, I I can't do that anymore. I just, I am, I am disqualified from this nighttime position. I cannot trust myself Mm -hmm. to be the good enough mother that Winnicott was talking about that I expect (laughs) myself to be at night. Yeah. Yeah. Then a whole new journey started for our family trying to get the, you know, the state to give us a nighttime aid. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a totally different episode because it took about five years until we got help. And the magical uh, help wasn't that we managed to convince the court to, you know, force our insurance company to help us. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was moving to another state. But uh, in that uh, process, a a few things happened. I had to uh, realize my own human limitations. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There is a limit to how much a person can function without sleep. And I uh, also had to let other people into one of the most kind of challenging shifts, you know, and caregiving tasks of our lives. Mm-hmm. In a way that not, is not only letting them care for my child while I'm, you know, in the kitchen, washing dishes and listening in. I was supposed to sleep while someone else is caring for her. And mm-hmm. that was a, a really, really interesting experience for a person who was so uptight and controlling about every little aspect of my daughter's life. And what can I say? It's been an education and
0: kind of positive it, it because that was something that you just described as the most positive happy time of your day being yeah. in bed yes and i i know
1: and i still miss it and i need to remind myself that i missed the beginning portion of the night right. the rest right. of it was pure torture and i do know and acknowledge that and okay. i'm grateful for the people that are now our night shift uh, people they, they don't go to sleep they're constantly awake and and caring for karen which then you can care for for her from a realization a, you know a, a cognitively functioning brain it's not that you are walking up and you're not sure why is she screaming what's what's hurting her etc it's just it's a different level of care when the person is fully awake and ready to kind of answer a call i would call it um for for us um it changed a lot of things, but still going back, can I tell you that I could speak to my old self and convince her to let go? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I was just on a one track mind that uh, this is my life's uh, duty or like th- this is what I'm here for. There is nothing more important or meaningful for mm-hmm. the person that I am to do at any given moment and caring for my children.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's, uh, you know, extreme. but that's, that's, that was your path. That was your path as you as an individual. Um, but you took, once you realized that you couldn't do it anymore, you did pass it on. You didn't continue. You, you chose, you made the decision to have someone else do it. Even though it was something that you felt strongly about doing yourself because you knew you needed to do it, you needed the rest, you needed the sleep. For you, that was enough respite, I guess, to have the sleep.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just uh, our kids are our best kind of mirrors, you know, and seeing my. Myself in my daughter's eye, you know, seeing Karen panicking by mm-hmm. looking at me crying in the middle of yeah. the night and like kind of begging her to go to sleep and, yeah. and telling her that I can't take care of her anymore. This is unheard of right for me to say something like that to my own child. But I yeah. did, I was just out of it. And um seeing that, mm-hmm. I, I understood that I am no longer who I want to be for right. her, and I cannot do it anymore.
0: Okay, um, so what allowed you? to go on that trip with me to chicago where we decided to start the podcast what okay. propelled you to
1: be able to go so two things first we already had night shift in place so okay. at that at that point in time uh, there there was 24 um, 7 care for karen and i knew that uh, you know uh, th- that we are good we had people that we trusted at that point in time i i'm thinking you know in retrospect if every time i felt like going away i would we would probably not only have a company and a podcast we would probably have a, i don't know it's just uh, a lot of good things came out of that one first vacation of me going for two nights away <laughs> i i think uh, that was magical i think alma that uh, it was also um, the pandemic, you know, being like really almost locked in for a year and a half by that time um, was also kind of pushing me to to get out. That it was just, even for me as a, <laughs> as a homie <laughs> that I am, I needed to get out and I felt it. And mm-hmm. I think that this shows me that other moms might be really terrified of leaving their kids today now this year but they Uh will be fine going on vacations later on when their kids are older and that is legit I know that we want to help the moms by providing them um, you know a respite opportunity a vacation location that they can you know hang out in and it's Uh great but not every mom can like have the emotional stamina even to step away from her role. And I, and I get it. I was that mom and I couldn't let go. I was just too terrified of letting go. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of it might be, you know, all the trauma related to my daughter's like uh, birth and hospital uh, stay and all that. There's many kind of psychological explanations and reflections that we can Mm -hmm. make here, but I can say for sure that uh, this year I had an emergency unplanned trip that I left for like uh, almost uh, 10 days to Israel. And uh, every time I would like do those Zoom (laughs) calls uh, with my daughter, she was like, "Uh, yeah, we're having fun. It's so much nicer at home without you here (laughs) and things like that. And, And that was like such a closure for me that we and, reached that point in time and place that she really didn't need me. She was better yeah. off without me in the house. I was just like, this This was a
0: huge victory for me. Yeah, yeah. so I think, I think that the key thing here is don't beat yourself up if you want to, if you feel more comfortable staying at home. And it's really important to have choices and know that there are uh, resources available that you wanna be aware of to be able to go away if you one day are ready to, so that you're preparing for that. So that if you know you mentioned you had a crisis and you had to go to Israel, or it was very important for you to go to Israel, had you never been away before, that might've been a lot harder for you to get away for a trip that was really important for you to make. And because you had these things in place, you had the, the night care you you had um, been away before and you knew that the world didn't end when you went away you know maybe take small steps to get to that point point. and you know it's reminding me of how when people talk about having their disabled children who become adults and they don't um, allow for some form of independence where they're going to live by themselves you know god forbid the parent dies and then all of a sudden they're in a group home and their life is completely different from one day to the next that's traumatic for, for, for those people who have to have that sudden change. So it's really important to think about, you know, just to, to have in your mind and plan a little bit for, for the need to go away. Even if you don't, if you don't feel that you need quote unquote, the respite, it's important in a situation like yours, what you're describing, she was fine by then because you had gone away a few times and she was a little bit older. So, you know. Something for us to keep thinking about and talking about, and I'm I'm really hoping that people listening to this will let us know, you know, their their feelings about going away and if they would have done things differently when their kids were younger. And I bring this up because Andrea Roberts of a Mother's Rest was was talking about for new moms as much as possible get your respite, get away, so it's a normal part of your routine, your your health self care regimen. And there are different ways to do it. It doesn't mean that you have to go away for a whole weekend for three days. It just means that that is something that is necessary and not um, sh- should not be considered an indulgence or you know neglecting your kid. It is a necessary part of parenting in an extreme situation.
1: I have a question for you, Alma. Uh oh. So you're telling us about how you were worried about the caregivers, people uh-huh. that you left too carefully in Lincoln and their mental health. <laughs> so yes. Yes. I am wondering how did this experience go for you, at least in the first few times that you went away?
0: Uh, to be honest, it wasn't so good. And um, some things happened that did make me feel like, oh, I can never go away or it made it harder to go away. Uh, my son lashed out verbally at people and it made me very uncomfortable um so it it wasn't perfect by any means but I did it um I remember one of the time the one of the first times I went away was for a uh conference about his syndrome so it wasn't like I was going to Hawaii sunbathing drinking frozen piña coladas on the beach I was at a damn you know Prader-Willi syndrome conference in Pennsylvania or something And it was bad. It was a little traumatizing for me, what happened when I was gone. And we're talking about one night of, um, you know, so it wasn't easy. um, But, and it deterred me from really taking advantage and doing this more. Uh, But then I started going away, and that was with my husband. So we started going away separately, so that I, I felt the most comfortable with my husband being home. So that's how I started, you know, going away and getting the respite. I knew that he would, you know, hold down the fort. And he, if Lincoln lashed out at him or did something to him, I, you know, not a big deal because that's his father and he wasn't going to be judged or, you know, uh, or self-conscious about being with my son at another time. Uh, so that's how I, that's how I, that was my little journey. And now uh, I go away quite a bit. Um, I still feel a little bit like, oh, it's very, um, you know, I still feel sometimes like it's indulgent, but um, I have to remind myself that it's not and that I deserve this and I need to. And why can't my husband stay with him? And he goes away too. You know, we've talked about this in other episodes. He goes away on trips with his friends. He goes away on business, you know, sometimes. And he's getting that kind of respite from being away on business. So I try to remember that. And, um, yeah, that's been my, my little journey with it.
1: Yeah. I do think honestly that some of our world travel started because my husband and I liked traveling and we knew that uh, it's our current constellation. We cannot like live without the kids. So we basically started dragging them around to all of our trips. And uh, Mm -hmm. even though it was very complicated in terms of caring for Karen outside of the house and uh, you know, traveling with all the equipment and such, I think it made it possible for us to do caregiving in another environment, which was mm-hmm. also a type of, um, you know, respite. We yeah. were changing yeah. scenarios and it made made it uh, very different and gave us some some sort of a rejuvenating experience because it mm-hmm. wasn't the same as our normal. And um, I do think that each person should really consider uh, like three circles like what is their need and their need with regards to their child's needs and Mm -hmm. then figure out how would they feel about going away and uh, then consider the second circle which is the circle of support the immediate support if they have family friends uh, other parents in the same maybe childcare program that have the same syndrome or the same type yeah. of disabilities that would be interested maybe in sw- sw- swapping care for a weekend so one family can go on one weekend and the other can go in another and the last um, the last kind of circle is what are the benefits or the plans that they have from the state because. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, we had a clear understanding that our need is greater than the services that we are receiving. Mm -hmm. And then if you can identify that as a family, whether it's just for the purpose of going on a respite retreat at a mother's rest, for example, or um, you can at least start acting upon it because... uh, As uh, one of my friends, Jamie, once told me, one time you would need the respite to go on a retreat, the other time you might find yourself in the hospital not being able to like care for your child, you need to have uh, the system set in place. So uh, I think that those three levels of uh, considerations would really help you make a decision like what would make me feel rested and uh, able to continue carrying on with my life. Yeah, yeah
0: many things to think about many things to think about all legitimate all normal and um we just need to keep talking about it yep alma
1: thank you so much another unexpected episode of the truth <laughs> about raising <laughs> kids with disabilities is always the raw and honest truth that's what you're getting here uh, right. thank you for everyone to for joining us and listening in and uh, we'll see you i guess next time For more information, please go to www2 Thank
0: you. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give it a five-star rating so more people can hear it. Thank you.